phones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 90 of Swiftcast. That sounds so strange to say, 90. That's so many. 10 away from 100. Whoa. Wait, Steph, you mean 9, right? We haven't done 90 yet. 90's a lot. I remember episode 9. Well, this is Steph. Ashley. Haley. And Nate. So, thank you for joining us. We have a lot of exciting things to talk about this week. And one thing we want to remind you right away is that we have a giveaway going on right now. It's ending on January 31st, which is coming up. So if you haven't entered yet, make sure you go to our Twitter, SwiftCast13, and retweet the tweet that is pinned at the top of our page. That way you'll be entered into the contest. Make sure you also follow us. This prize pack includes a sound amp a 1989 keychain, a red zip bag, and a red bracelet. So there's a lot of good stuff. Make sure you enter. We will announce the winner next week. And also this contest is open worldwide. And next week we have an even more exciting giveaway starting. Yes, this giveaway is going to be amazing. You're going to love (laughs) it. But we can't tell you anything about it yet. So you have to stay tuned. So we have a lot of really cool older tweets from previous years that happened this very week. So from January 2014, on January 18th, Taylor said, it's a daily struggle for me not to buy more cats. And she didn't resist that struggle for too much longer. Mm -hmm. Not long after we got Olivia. She only waited about six months after to get Olivia. So by the time that Alex told her to get a second cat she must have been really really going crazy with that one (laughs) and so that was january 18th and then just four days later on january 22nd this wasn't a tweet but we know now because taylor just told us that that was the date where she and ryan tedder wrote i know places i was excited to learn that information because i was always wondering when they actually wrote it because she and Ryan wrote it a year ago, we thought it would make sense to talk about it on this episode. So you'll hear about it later on in the main discussion. But I always think it's interesting to learn when she actually wrote the songs. Because we're hearing them with such a delayed time that it's hard to put things in reference. Yeah, I agree. I always like finding out when each of these songs have been written. It's just very interesting to me. I don't know. Helps you, I don't know, form a better picture of... I guess, the whole process of of the songwriting, so. Yeah, and just what was going on at that time and Mm -hmm. where she was living, what she was doing, everything. I wish that she would tell us the dates for every song on the album. (laughs) Because two years is such a long time, and I just would be so curious to, like, sort of piece more of a timeline together. Yeah, Swifty problems. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Well, so then the next day, January 23rd, 2014, and I remember this tweet so vividly because everyone just had a meltdown. And she said, today at rehearsal for Grammys, I'm trying to remember, what was the song a lot of you were saying you wanted me to play? (laughs) (laughs) That feels like it was just yesterday, doesn't it? It does, really, seriously. All too well at the Grammys. And today, 
January 26th is exactly one year since she performed it. Wow. Crazy. I remember thinking last year it was strange that the Grammys were in January because usually February is award show month. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were early. It's also funny to think now, the day before she did rehearsals for the Grammys and four days before the actual performance, she and Ryan Tedder wrote I Know Places. That's true. Well, yeah. Well, going back a year, Taylor said on January 18th of 2013, Hey, everybody. Michael J. Fox just got in touch with me today, and we're good. Thank you for having my back. I remember that. That was crazy on Twitter. That was one of the most insane things I saw. <laughs> yes, this was after the Golden Globes in 2013 with the infamous Tina Fey and Amy Poehler kind of jab at Taylor. Michael J. Fox's son dating Taylor to stay away sort of a deal. Back then, we were just as defensive as we are today. We've got her back. That's definitely <laughs> so true. But I was also thinking that I think what's changed is that while, of course, we'll still defend Taylor, we know that these things don't hurt her. She doesn't take them seriously. She's moved so far beyond that. And I think that we're less concerned about people saying things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Not to make too cheesy of a Taylor pun here, but I really do think that now, two years later, like we just shake things like that off. <laughs> but really, though, I think that whereas before we would get really offended that someone would say this about Taylor, now it's like, lol, okay. Mm -hmm. Basically, right. I mean, we can just use this as an example. I mean, here we are, you know, two years later talking about it. It's, it's really nothing, you know. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that spring she did an interview with Vanity Fair where she talked about the incident and she said she made a quote about how women who don't help each other, there's a special place in hell for them. So clearly Taylor was bothered by the whole joke that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler made. And then I guess probably when Michael J. Fox warned her to stay away from his son, he said something like, no, just back off. I don't keep up with it all, but Taylor Swift writes songs about everybody she goes out with, right? What a way to build a career. Actually, that is pretty offensive. That is really offensive. I forgot about that part. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think she had right to be bothered by it. And I think when she said the thing about women who don't help other women, I think that's just a thing that's so important to her is surrounding herself with women who support each other and inspire each other and have strong careers and I think she just felt like here's two women that could be like a role model to her, but instead they're choosing to take a really cheap shot at her. Right. Shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that should be a new segment. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> just like Nate's terrible voice. <laughs> I don't even know what you call the segment. All right, so our next one is from, these both are from 2012, actually, both on January 20th. And uh, I remember this one, too, a little bit more drama. Taylor tweets, as I mentioned in Vogue, Sarah Jaxheimer went to middle school with me and had great hair. She's a lovely girl. Blog sites, calm down. This reminds me of a past media is thirsty kind of mm. like sassy tweet from Taylor except the sass has grown <laughs> since 2012. But really, it was ridiculous because Taylor just said in the interview with Vogue that Sarah had shiny hair 
And she was like, how do you do it? And then all these articles started appearing where it's like, Sarah is the subject of the outside. Or saying that Sarah is the cheer captain who left Taylor feeling like she was on the bleachers. And they just made up <laughs> all of this stuff. Literally all she said was that she liked her hair. <laughs> I think that was right about the time where her media war almost like really started escalating. It was about early 2012 like that. Yeah, it started to get really bad. Mm -hmm. I think that was just like one of the first of many things to come. Anyway, yeah, three years ago. Unbelievable. That just really goes to show how far we've come when now in 2015, the last joke I remember from an award show was that the AMAs when Pitbull said, in those last three minutes, Taylor Swift has sold another five million albums. <laughs> <laughs> and even on the CMAs when they said, you know, the postpartum Taylor Swift disorder because they recognized there's a void without her there. Whereas two years before they were making fun of we we're never ever getting back together mm -hmm. in the opening. I want to sing John Mayer now. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you got till it's gone. No. <laughs> no future episode will ever be complete without Nate singing something. Apparently not. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Anyway, so the next tweet she put out, went to Sundance to see Rory Kennedy's documentary about her mother, Ethel. It was moving, hilarious, and beautiful. I remember that, Sundance Film Festival. And then she wrote Starlight based on Ethel's life. Yeah. She was so inspired by that. Does that mean that based on what she's doing right now, that in two years we're going to get a song about whale watching? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a whale! <laughs> that would be fantastic. Well, speaking of that, this tweet from January 23rd, 2010, reminded me of a song. She wrote, slept on a plane in a pile of Caitlin Bird and Liz Hewitt. Now I feel sort of like a crumpled up shirt. <laughs> so this quote kind of reminds me of a crumpled up piece of paper from All Too Well, but Taylor wasn't writing that song in January 2010. It probably was at some point in 2011, but still, it just reminded me of it. Who knows? Maybe she got inspiration from that <laughs> crumpled up shirt, crumpled up piece of paper. So those are the old tweets that we have for this week. Hopefully you're enjoying this segment. We really like going back and seeing what Taylor was up to and reminiscing and just thinking about how things have changed for the better so much in the past couple of years. I think I've said this before on several episodes. I just keep thinking about the quote that she had at the end of the Red Tour about there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. It's just so true. It really is, yeah. She's so happy and this era is really just awesome. I really didn't believe her that it was going to top the Red Tour. <laughs> she always tops herself without a doubt. Well, now that we finished giving you the old news, we'll <laughs> move on to the new news with Keeping Up With Swift. As expected, 1989 officially became the first album to sell 4 million copies in 12 weeks since 2004. And as we said last week, the last album that broke that was Usher's Confessions. And now, worldwide sales are at 5,785,000 total, which is insane. It's awesome. I can't wait for her to hit 5 million in the U.S. Quintuple platinum. <laughs> Our next piece of news is Blank Space was number one on radio, and Style is already number 52 on the Hot 100, and Taylor's career album sales are at 27.1 million. Holy Swift. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she's also the top-selling digital artist with over 77 million digital singles sold. That is crazy. That's crazy. Even if you just look at the difference between albums, 27 million, and singles, 77. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. But if anyone can sell an album, it's Taylor. 77 million digital singles. Each of those at a dollar apiece. $77 million. Boom. Well, really, like $1.29. Mm-hmm. Right. $27.1 million. That's crazy. I don't know how she does it. She's amazing. <laughs> so anyway, our next one on Tumblr, Taylor told us that the photo of Meredith in the background of her Girls' Night photo, if you guys saw, was a birthday gift from her backup singers. Camila, Claire, Elliot, and Melanie gave her photos of Taylor and Meredith dressed up like queens. <laughs> That was a really cute post. I can't believe she actually gave us all the photos and then used these crazy hashtags, Mare Duchess and Lady Olivia Van Dibbles. Nice. So accurate. Dibbles. Meredith definitely thinks she's a queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Those were really good gifts with Mama Swift giving her the pet carriers and her backup singers giving her this. I was just thinking, I feel like since Taylor has so much in terms of clothes and other material possessions, everyone just gets her cat things because even Lena Dunham got her that, (laughs) wasn't it a locket with the cat in it? Yeah. I feel like that's all that's really left to give her and that's all that she wants. (laughs) I know from experience, giving Jill a gift, if you get her anything cat themed, she's happy. (laughs) I agree. Well, Taylor was actually a bit missing in action for a while and then she just kind of appeared in Maui. She was hanging out with Haim. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. They took some great, hilarious photos. It looked like she had a blast. And then tonight she was actually in Nashville for a Grammy nominee party. I would have stayed in Maui for the rest of the winter personally, but Yeah, I don't think I would have gone home. Somebody's gotta win the Grammys though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Well, so the other day, Paul Sidoti, Taylor's guitar player, had a post on Instagram that I think made us all really emotional. He had a picture of Today Was a Fairy Tale, which when do you ever see anything about that song anymore? And he said, as I ready to embark on another journey with Taylor Swift, 1989, the song is a perfect backdrop to memories of all the tours that have come before it. I'm so incredibly blessed to play for the greatest singer, songwriter, artist of our generation and a sweetheart to match. Hashtag grateful. That was such a good post. And it got me really excited for tour. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I feel like after the Grammys, they're going to be in pretty much nonstop tour rehearsals. I was going to say it has to be coming up rehearsal because we always hear about when they're actually rehearsing. I'm surprised they haven't started yet. Unless maybe they have, of course. I bet the like the dancers are doing their own rehearsals and then the band is doing their own rehearsals. Oh. But when they get together is when like... Mm-hmm dress rehearsals right kind of thing they're probably just in some little studio in nashville where nobody would even know what's going on and they're rehearsing (laughs) yeah i very vividly remember all of the rehearsal photos for red coming out i think it was pretty close to when the tour actually started so i don't know whether we can expect that in april if anything maybe she'll keep things so wrapped up we know that she has white noise machines to (laughs) blare out sounds and (laughs) for the secret sessions and stuff so who knows i just can't wait and another thing i really can't wait for is the style music video and scott said the music video for it will be very exciting and we covered a lot of 
talk about what we think the music video is going to be on episode 89. So you guys should go back and listen to that if you haven't. I'm just so not ready for this video. <laughs> it could already be done. I think it's already done. I think that she did it at some time that we didn't know about. Unless she was filming it in Hawaii. I don't see when she could have done it recently. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii would be a good backdrop for that song. She could be riding a whale. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I just think this video is just going to be so amazing. Some people are saying they wonder if she might release it on, like, Valentine's Day. And I can see that because isn't February 10th the official day that it comes out? Yes. That that the single comes out on February 10th. The 9th, I think, right? Because it's the day after the Grammys. It's the 9th or 10th, but it's already in the top 20 on radio. And it hasn't been officially released but yeah it's crazy it's the power of swift i haven't heard it on the radio yet because i honestly don't listen to the radio but i heard new romantics in victoria's secret over the weekend and i totally freaked out that's awesome i've been hearing random tracks ones that haven't been released (laughs) in victoria's secret nate not victoria's secret i do not (laughs) venture that way (laughs) like at restaurants or i don't know it must be people who are actually just playing the cd so which ones have you heard um let me think new romantics wildest dreams wow yeah just like songs that haven't really gained a lot of momentum yet well i've already heard style on the radio a couple of times and it's very exciting and it's bad if you're driving in the snow you have to be very careful I'm just really thrilled that it's already in the top 20. It's probably going to be number one by the time it actually is officially released. Or maybe number two with Blank Space being number one. Who knows? Nate, I remember you were saying from day one after the secret session that you knew it was going to be a hit. I think so, really. This song is so catchy. It's so poppy. It's exactly what pop fans, I guess, are interested in. It's like the perfect formula. And I don't know. It's just awesome. I think really this is going to be a huge song. And it really represents the style of the whole album so well. It does. Style. Mm. And I just said style. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah, I didn't even do it on purpose. Well, something (laughs) funny that I should have said on last week's episode, but I forgot. And I'm guessing you guys will disagree because I definitely disagree. My boyfriend, who is not very informed about Taylor or all that into her has really only heard the album once and he said that style is the only 80s sounding song on the album really i was like what album were you listening to i wish you would i mean really that's pure 80s yeah right there. i'm pretty sure he was actually asleep through half the time that it was on <laughs> yeah i probably just wasn't paying attention <laughs> but no i agree stuff that and nate that it really ties the album together and fits the theme of it so much mm-hmm. As soon as we know more details about the video release, we will definitely let you know. For now, though, we want to give you her upcoming schedule so you can set your DVRs and mark it in your calendar so you don't miss anything. Well, the first one, obviously, biggest one, the Grammys, February 8th on CBS. She is nominated for three categories at the Grammys. She's nominated for Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Pop Solo Performance for Shake It Off, Record of the Year for Shake It Off, And the most exciting thing is that Taylor is performing at the Grammys, which is awesome. I always love her Grammy performances. And like I said last week, I'm hedging my bets. I think she's going to do style. We completely disagree with you. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) I stand alone, but I don't know. I hope she does. I really do. I would love that. But yeah, Shake It Off does make sense if she performs that, only because she is nominated for that for everything. But then on the other hand... I just feel like, what could she do for Shake It Off as a performance that she hasn't already done? Taylor's very creative. Take a look at, where was it at? 
where she performed 22. The billboards. The billboards. Yes, it was the billboards. Anyway, and then she spun the song into like this techno performance and then she like started the song backstage. I don't know. I think she has so much up her sleeve that really she could really surprise us with even with Shake It Off a performance. So That 22 performance was awesome. It was awesome. If she does Shake It Off here, I could see her changing the words during the speaking part to say something about the Grammys. Yeah, She usually does that. Maybe she'll shake it off with a whale. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just tying everything into whales today. That whale. (laughs) We all want to go whale watching with Taylor in Hawaii. Well, after Taylor probably wins all three of her awards, right? At the Grammys. Undoubtedly. She will be at another award show on February 25th, the Brit Awards. There she will also be performing. And she's also nominated for International Female Solo Artists, which I think she will win. No doubt. (laughs) Next, we're going to move on to our mini segments to talk about what Swifty problems you've been having this week. Our first one is from at Alex Brazo, trying to find a way to go to a Taylor Swift concert when she comes to LA. Swifty problems. Yeah, those tickets are pretty expensive. And they sold out so quickly. She has, what, five shows now? Yes. I think she's going to break her own record with how many sold-out shows she's had at Staples Center because she, they just gave her an award during the Red Tour for having so many consecutive sellouts. She probably already has special guests in mind for it, too. And we won't be there, which is really a bummer. <laughs> LA was on my Swifty bucket list, and it's just not happening. Partly because of Alex's same problem. It's just impossible to find a way to get there. Our next one comes from Meg McKenzie 11 My ringtone is Wildest Dreams, and every time my phone rings, that song gets stuck in my head. It's 50 problems. It's not really a problem. You know what song of Taylor's is actually not good for a ringtone? What? And I love the song. Jill has this as her ringtone, is We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. She has it for her alarm also, which might be why I don't <laughs> like it. But... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so it's like six in the morning and then of course she has it on full volume and then it's just like, we are, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm like every single time. Not a good one. Take my word for it. That's why I don't set songs I like as my alarm. It's always some annoying beeping thing. <laughs> That's what I do too. I do like a really gentle like tone to, I don't know, otherwise I just get angry and throw my phone. <laughs> I recently made my alarm style, and I thought that it would help me get up because I like the song, but it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, don't ruin the song. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, our next one comes from at the Swaggy Swift on Twitter. When you don't have money to buy merch and see Taylor, and then you've already been a Swifty for five years. Swifty problems. That's a big problem. Our next one is from at shameonmeow underscore. Love that name. Sees FedEx truck and thinks it's Taylor Swift. Swifty problems. Me too. Swift X. Alright, our next one comes from Away from Juliet. I'd give anything to be part of the squad. Swifty problems. Seriously. I think what people are calling the squad is actually what Alex Gold was already calling the coven. Basically all of Taylor's celebrity friends. I would so be down to be part of that squad. Our last one's from at Jasmine Bade Music. Of course, Taylor goes to Hawaii as soon as I leave. Swifty problems. Bummer. That is a bummer. That just like ruins a Hawaii vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But they were in Hawaii, so that's better than being in a blizzard. Well, thank you for all of your submissions. Definitely keep those coming. 
you can email us, tweet them to us. We love hearing from you. Next, we're going to move on to Nate's favorite segment. Nice. Here it is. The fashion segment. And nice. he is actually going to lead us off. All right. I'm ready to do this. First one, January 19th, New York City. When Taylor was leaving her apartment, she was wearing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Things I, I can barely pronounce. Brandy Melville, Brya Corduroy skirt for $26. A Gastuz Nancy jacket. I like that, a Nancy jacket. $169.98 euros. Rag and Bone Care Nubuck Ankle Boot in Bordeaux, which is sold out. And uh, Quirilor and Pell (laughs) 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 Katarina Purse for $385, which is out of stock. These fashion designers need to get with it, man. I'm telling you. (laughs) If they had products that people could pronounce, maybe they would sell better. I don't know. Next, on January 23rd, while Taylor was in Maui, she wore her Anthropology Sea Foley Boy Leg Mayo bathing suit. And it's like a vintage 50s style bathing suit. She wore it again today on January 26th. Unfortunately, it's no longer available. It was $148 and it's just an adorable polka dotted bathing suit and when she posted it on Instagram, she used a quote from the SNL Swiftamine skit that they did. And she wrote, she's always like in a 50s bathing suit. And it was really cute. And then also on January 23rd, Taylor shared her bikini with one of her friends from Heim. Taylor had worn it while paddleboarding with Ed in Watch Hill back in 2013. And it was the Top Shop Stripe Twisted Bikini Push-Up Top and Stripe High-Rise Bikini Bottoms, which are no longer available. I love it when she shares her clothes, though. I saw this Tumblr post of all the pictures that Taylor has shown her clothes with, and it is so cute. She's really, really a good friend. And I will share something with her. (laughs) Like that genius sweater. Yes, that's what I want to borrow from her. (laughs) Yeah, we got the same wavelength, me and you. Love that one. Next on January 24th with the Heinz sisters, she wore, well, they, I think all of them wore the Reformation Bill Murray sweatshirt, and that's $118. Ooh, that thing's expensive. Yeah. It says Bill Murray on it, though. Yeah. I love Bill Murray. He's one of my favorite comedians. I was actually just talking about him the other day. His, his role in Zombieland, if you guys have seen it. Very funny scene. Yeah, I like how they all gave him a little shout out. Next, we have some items from Taylor's winter magazine shoots. Yeah, our first one is from Lucky Magazine, which was the December-January 2015 issue. The Giuseppe Zanotti ankle boots were 565 euros. The gold tweed dress from Chanel Resort 2015 actually has no price. So it was just way too expensive to even <laughs> list. So there were just not enough zeros. So the next one was Free People Patent Pork Pie Hat that she wore. I like that, a pork pie hat. $58. I actually just ordered a copy of this magazine because I didn't have it and she's so pretty on the cover. Oh, yeah. I love this photo shoot. I actually found that one in the stores. The ASOS magazine, though, I was never able to find. And in this shoot for the December-January issue, she wore an anti-podium retriever skirt in metallic coated fabric. And that's $284.25. And then she also wore a blue Alice McCall Twin Peaks top for $220. 
And so then another one of her outfits in the same shoot was the Sportmax Code City Lights print skirt, no longer available. And then with that, she had the ASOS sweater with high neck embellishment, $72. And then ASOS Silver Easy Money Pointed Chelsea Ankle Boot for $85. And also in the ASOS magazine, she wore a pink antipodium filthy rich mini skirt in duchess satin which is 312 dollars she also wore a pink alice mccall crop top with frills and scallop edge and that's 246 dollars and then she wore the asos how we do healed sandals and that is 85 dollars but it's on sale for 58 which is really nice they have a little puff ball at the end <laughs> oh yeah i love those And our final one was in Billboard, the December 2014 issue. She wore a Pamela Rowland Resort 2015 dress. It was this beautiful sheer striped gown that she wore. And another one that she wore, a Mirelle Dagger Spring 2014 dress, which was on the cover, actually. And it was this beautiful gown that has an embellished bodice and a flowing skirt with a thigh-high slit. And finally, a Calvin Rucker Walk This Way dress which was $675, now sold out. And she wore this black open knit and leather detail dress with a bra top and brief set underneath rather than a single slit. Brisket Taylor. It's interesting because I spoke that last sentence, but I had no idea what I was saying. (laughs) That's interesting. Good job, Nate. It's supposed to have a slip underneath it, but she didn't wear it with a slip. (laughs) Well... Nate is our prime fashionista, so we hope you you enjoyed all of his contributions this week. And we also want to thank TasteWithStyle.com for keeping us up to date with all of the fashion and photos. You can check out her website for more links and photos and even older items from previous years. But for now, we're going to go into our main discussion, where, as we mentioned earlier... We're covering I Know Places this week because it was officially written a year ago. This was written by Taylor and Ryan Tedder, of course. And the deluxe album features the voice memo, which is just awesome to hear. It's so cool to see how the song evolved to what it is. And Taylor also gave a little interview clip about writing the song and what it means to her. So take a listen at that so you can hear what she said about it. I wrote I Know Places with Ryan Tedder, and it was the first song that I wrote with him. So I brought this idea in that I had kind of done very roughly on piano and sent him this voice memo of me singing the chorus and kind of babbling my way through the the verse. And um, he liked it and wanted to work on it. It's a song about how other people will really ruin a relationship if they get a chance to, and how it might be the best way to go about starting a relationship to keep it as secret as possible just because it's very fragile. And um, I think that this was a song that I wrote about sort of how covert it would have to be in order for me to ever (laughs) make something work eventually. So nice of her to stop by. (laughs) Thanks for the appearance, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. She's going to have to come on our show more often. (laughs) So I'll say for me... When I heard way back in, gosh, like early 2014, we heard that Taylor was working with Ryan Tedder. I was really excited. I love One Republic. I think Ryan Tedder is an awesome songwriter because 
not only does he write great songs for One Republic, but he's written so many great, wonderful, just lyrically awesome songs for other people. So I was really very excited. And I'll admit, when I first heard Welcome to New York and I knew it was with Brian Tedder, it didn't quite meet my expectations at first. I was a little bummed. I was like, really? This is all Ryan Tedder had in him? Because just because when you first hear Welcome to New York, it might be a little bit repetitive. But of course, now I'm completely in love with Welcome to New York, especially because I keep envisioning it on tour and just being the opening song in my head, at least. Um, But when I finally heard I Know Places, I was just so impressed with this song. I just thought this is perfect. This is the lyrics are so great. It shows the genius writing that these two are capable of. And when you put them together, you just get such great work. I I really love this song. I'm looking right now at a list of all the songs that Ryan Tedder has written. And it's kind of crazy what a wide range there is and how many different artists he's written for. Yeah. I mean, even Adele, right, is on that list, like Turning Tables. Yeah. And apparently he wrote Burn for Ellie Goulding. So I was pretty surprised about that one uh he wrote halo for beyonce which is like one of her most iconic songs ever he wrote with colby calais he wrote with kelly clarkson a few maroon five songs just really all over the top of the charts yeah i think he is just like the guy people go to when they need a good song really and i also have been just really impressed with some of one republic's recent songs I hope these two just, they should just write a whole album together. That would be great. I'm sure just like with Taylor and Ed and Taylor and so many of her other collaborators, there's unfortunately great songs they probably did that we'll never get to hear. If there are anything like I Know Places, I definitely want to hear more. This is definitely one of my all-time favorites on this album. It's, it's one of mine too, but for some reason it took a while to grow on me. I didn't like it at first. I've heard that from other people. I've heard that other people can't really relate to it, which I can understand that the song is about hiding a relationship because really other people slash the media is trying to ruin it. And most people like us aren't really in that situation. Yeah, maybe you have to hide it, but it's hard to imagine being attacked in the headlines on a daily basis based on who you're dating. But I thought. Just the kind of metaphors that she and Ryan used. and Oh, I love the. There's a very poetic aspect to this song. I think the reason why I like it so much is I think this song has the most visual imagery out of all the other songs that I can actually vividly see this song play out more than any other song. Exactly. You guys just used both the words I wanted to use. Imagery, metaphors, for sure. (laughs) We don't need you anymore, Nate. We're d- I'm can... out. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, did she say anything to you at the secret session that you want to tell us about? To me personally? I mean, she told me all kinds of stuff personally. Um, <laughs> no, I, I kid, of course. But actually, yeah, she, she had some um, some cool things to, to say about the song. Uh, well, first, it was interesting because before she actually played us I Know Places, well, she gave us the description about how she wrote it with Ryan Tedder and um, basically what you heard in the bonus track on the album about, about the song. 
but she actually ended up playing us the bonus track before she played us the real song, which was interesting. So I actually heard the bonus track first before I heard I Know Places. So it was interesting to hear the memo uh, first and then, you know, kind of go into what the final product ended up being. But anyway, yeah, she, she said, I guess, mostly the same stuff. Uh, she, you know, she really wanted that dark, dramatic performance. And that's what she sent to, to Ryan to, to see what they could come up with. And, and yeah, basically the voice memo almost identically made it to the, the finished product, which is really cool. It was it was funny because as the um, uh, songs were playing, I guess um, specifically in this case the uh, voice memo, you know, I, I, and I described this before how she'd be like dancing in her her seat or you know um, doing some things, you know, as she's playing this track to us. So as the the voice memo is going, it gets to the part where because they've got the cages, they've got the boxes and guns, and when she did that, she kind of almost made fun of herself because she. She sat up in her chair and she like, she like, you know, threw a, like her, her pointer finger and her thumb up like a gun, you know, and had this like really dramatic face. And she's like, guns, you know, <laughs> and then she kind of laughed at herself. So anyway, Aww. yeah, throughout the whole voice memo, she was kind of laughing at herself, you know, some of the, the goofy stuff she was doing. So yeah, That's that was a lot awesome. of fun. I love how when you listen to the voice memo on piano, it just the transition to it on the actual album it sounds just like a complete transformation but i would love the song either way on piano or the way it was done well that sort of brings me into what i'm i guess hoping for the tour performance first of all do we all agree that this will be on tour i think it definitely will be i hope so my only hesitation is say for some reason she only wanted to do one ryan tedder song she would do Welcome no, to New York no. over this. She's going to do them both. Every song that I've said I, I know will be on tour the last like five episodes, Steph, you've told me it might not be there. So, <laughs> No, I do. I do actually think this one will be on tour. I'm just, my only reason for saying maybe it wouldn't is if for some weird reason she decided only to do one Ryan Tedder song. I think there can be two Ryan Tedder songs in one show. It's tough to say. She only has so many slots for, um, you know, for each show. And, and with each album, she has to add, add at least like one or two of her like biggest hits to, to the tour. You know, it's tough to say whether. Nate, you've missed a lot. We've discussed this to death and. Probably, yeah, beat it to death. I personally I know. think yeah. she's going to do the whole album. The entire <laughs> album. I don't know. I don't know about I that. Really, I, don't know. I don't think I do. so. No I way. Do. I don't think she's going to do the bonus tracks. I think she's going to do all 13 songs. Wow. I don't know I don't if she could fit so. that in. Maybe if she did some sort of like cool mashup, you know, that'd be sweet. That would be cool. But see, songs like, um, to me, like How You Get the Girl, which don't get me wrong, I think it's a great song. I don't know if there's a way to perform that on tour. Do you know what I mean? What what kind of like, oh. you know, stage production could she do with that, you know? See, for me, I see that song as perfectly going in where she transitions to the B stage, kind of like 22. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean hey and there you go but that's the only real place i can see this that song fitting in mm -hmm. for me i think this love is going to be like the sad beautiful tragic i don't think that's going to be on yeah i don't know it's really tough to say yeah who, who knows i hope ashley's right i hope she does the whole I album just keep thinking of the fact that she has said that she's very aware that people want her to do the whole album so how do you guys 
visualize the performance of this song? Well, I guess what I hope it will be is starting out on the piano and then like going into a more dramatic transition. Oh, that would be cool. Like I can imagine her starting out really quiet on the first verse and then the chorus starts and she leaves the piano and like rips off her clothes basically. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a great idea. I mean, not all her clothes, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. We know for me, I think just that would be a, an excellent introduction and then going into it after that i could see a really dark kind of like i knew you were trouble Mm. sort of darkness with all the like smoke coming up and the shrill x kind of sounds going on but my only thought was i thought that would work really well with wonderland too and i'm still kind of hoping that maybe that would make it on the set list so i don't know if she could do the really dark thing for both but i definitely think that there will be a lot of running around and moving around the stage yeah and i think this will have so many visual elements to go along with it i definitely think like you know along with the fast pace of the song her dancers and stuff will actually be dressed up either as the hunters or foxes <laughs> i was thinking because that. how can you not i was like amos is totally going to be dressed up as a fox like the guy from what does the fox say <laughs> identical identical costume oh my god someone just needs to buy him that <laughs> i call dibs i totally forgot about that song <laughs> <laughs> didn't everybody <laughs> I can also see this song being more toward the end of the set list. I don't really see it as the beginning or in the middle. I agree. Yeah, I mean, on the Red Tour, I Knew You Were Trouble was towards the end of the second half. Yeah, I was. I guess I'm really thinking of this like I Knew You Were Trouble. And I don't know if that's completely wrong, but I think it would work well with just how dark the song is. Yeah, it's supposed to be. They parallel in a lot of ways. I'm so excited just to see in general for the tour what sort of video montage type things she creates oh yeah she could do a really cool one for this you know one of my favorite things about the red tour that was kind of unexpected was the monologue that she had for the lucky one even though it's not one of my favorite songs i just loved the video and the whole scene that she did leading into the song i would really like to see a similar type of video for this I'm sure there will be. It's a good way to uh, for her to change costume while she's transitioning. While she's getting made up into a fox. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, an interesting thing on Tumblr happened today with this song. Somebody posted something about if this song, I Know Places, would become a single. They wrote something about the music video, and I can't remember exactly what they said about the music video just some element that Taylor would need to incorporate. And Taylor liked it. Oh. So for me, I didn't really think this would be a single, but who knows? Maybe towards the end of it. I mean, I never thought the last time would be a single, but you know. Yeah, that's a good point. It would be a great music video. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you can. You can there's just so much you could do with it. All I can think of now is what does the fox say? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's the only thing I can think of when a music video is seeing Taylor dressed up as a fox and grabbing someone's hand and running. That's the only thing I can ever think of. <laughs> In this song, I don't think too many people had any weird errors with the words, although I did see something somebody thought when it says in the dead of night your eyes so green somebody thought it said you're dead at night <laughs> and your eyes are green oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so people were wondering who died pretty epic i guess yeah. <laughs> so i had this i guess unrealistic hope at when we were at jingle ball because ryan tedder was there and taylor was there that they were gonna sing i know places and it didn't happen and i was very sad but it would be pretty cool if she brought him out as a guest and they sang it. That would be, that would really be cool. incredible. Though I don't know if that would happen because she'll obviously have probably a whole choreographed routine, but anything's possible. She'd make do. For for bad lyrics, MetroLyrics.com has some really bad ones. <laughs> so instead of it's a scene and we're out here in plain sight... They have good to see that we're out in blank side. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Do they use a bot or something <laughs> to try and interpret the lyrics and just I just guess. submit it and, and it's okay? <laughs> no review. <laughs> Post it. Get it up there. <laughs> right. Um, after lights flash and we run for the fences, let them say what they want. We won't hear it. Lose sleep. Swing ship. All the damn time, not this time. That's like one of the best lyrics, just butchered. Yeah, pretty much. Let's see here. In the dead of night, you act so great. Hmm. This is not even the same song. <laughs> yeah, no. It's completely horrible. I figured out what they did. They use Siri. That's what they do. <laughs> oh, Siri. That sounds pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> I think you said... <laughs> upload <laughs> well that's a shame because the lyrics here I think are just so great and they are amazing this song has really intrigued me and now that we know she wrote it a year ago I just am always intrigued by what inspired the song last week when we talked about style we mentioned Ashley actually mentioned about how there probably was way more to the relationship with Harry and Taylor that we even knew about. And so that made me think, oh, okay, I know places like maybe she already has hidden relationships and we have no idea. Or maybe she's just saying, if I ever have a hope of having a relationship in the future, this is what I have to do. So that's always been intriguing to me. And it's clear that Taylor already does know how to hide things because last week is a prime example. We had no idea where she was until she gave us that picture of her in Maui. It was like she was just gone. You know, I just, it's just really interesting to me. And when she does find somebody who's worth it, then I hope she, it, she can use this to make it work. Because I do think the media just goes after her so much when she's dating anyone that it makes sense why she would feel the need to keep it a secret. Which is an interesting uh, turn for her because I remember a few years ago, and I think she was describing her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal 
when she said, it's crazy to think that to go out to a restaurant and to have to hide or be dating somebody who wants to hide all the time from the media. She says it's, it's, you shouldn't have to, I think she said like sneak out the back door or uh, whatever she said in order to get away from this. It's interesting that now that she has been under such high media scrutiny that now she's almost, you know, taking these methods. I mean, that's basically what I know places is about. So. Yeah, that's a good point. She so just completely her, flipped Yeah, she really did used to say you shouldn't have to hide anything. Mm-hmm. And I, that just shows how just insanely crazy the media is when they go after her. <laughs> and that also reminds me of a quote. It was a recent quote. I don't remember all of it, but the end of it was something like, and then you realize you haven't been alone in five years. Oh, was, wasn't was she talking about how she hasn't driven alone for five years or something? She hasn't driven in five years, but she also says she hasn't been alone in all that time, too, because she's always had somebody in her security around. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that in 2010, you know, she'd been dealing with it for a couple years. She probably had security, but probably not near to the extent as now. And I just feel like it was different. She was still kind of getting used to fame. And now her life is just on a totally different level. Yeah. And after Taylor made her whereabouts known just this past week, all of a sudden the paparazzi just descends upon Maui and we have all these photos of her all over the place. <laughs> like, does, is someone like paying for their plane tickets to just like go to Maui? I don't understand. <laughs> like, how do they just... Oh, so annoying. Taylor said she was creeped out by it on Tumblr, so... It's funny because when we were standing outside of GMA when we were in when we were in New York in October, uh, and we were waiting for Taylor to come out so you know we could maybe get a quick autograph or a picture or something like that. Anyway, there was an entire group of paparazzi waiting there, probably about thirty guys with cameras, you know, just waiting, you know, for her to come out. Also, there was a girl who was standing near us who uh, was talking to one of the guys there, and I was kind of listening in, and she goes. She goes, how do you know about these things? Like, how do you, like, you know, he goes, I get up very early. He goes, some days I camp out. He, he goes all day just to take a picture. So it, it's crazy the extent that the media will go to in order just to get their picture. So yeah. he says, he says, yeah, there are ways. He goes, I'll get electronic hand warmers. So go, he, I buy the best clothes. You know, he says, I don't care how cold it is. He goes, I'll wait all day. I'm like, wow, what a life. <laughs> I actually talked with a paparazzi when we were in New York for the Jingle Ball, and this was a female paparazzi, which I thought was rare. But she said Taylor's, you know, always, she'll just pretty much give the shot and move on because there's no point, you know, having people cover her up so she looks like a diva or anything (laughs) like that. You kind of understand that's what they need to do for a living, and Taylor's nice about it, but still going on her vacation spot and having these crazy lenses like creeping on her is pretty scary i just assumed when she posted those pictures that she was leaving because usually i feel like she doesn't tell us exactly where she is until she's not there anymore right yeah but apparently not she was probably like yeah watch them fly out to hawaii sure enough they did (laughs) (laughs) she's like well all right time to go and then (laughs) Now she's in Nashville. Touche, paparazzi. 
really it's like are they one second camped out on an la street corner they're like okay i'm gonna go pack my suitcase <laughs> fly to maui i don't understand well i think overall even though it kind of sounds extreme that she would have to go to all these lengths to hide a relationship in some cases or in in a way it's realistic it's kind of is what she has to do yeah i really think it is and so that's why i'm so intrigued i don't know whether maybe she's already tested this and we have no idea or if this is just her manual for the future kind of but either way i hope it works out so let us know your thoughts about i know places what you think it's going to be like on tour maybe it will be a single maybe we'll get a music video Either way, I'm excited for everything. I love this song. I can't wait to see what happens. We have a few quick reminders for you. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and that way you will have the latest episode for you downloaded automatically. You won't even have to think about it. You can contact us through a variety of ways. We're on Taylor Connect, SwiftCast13, Twitter, at SwiftCast13. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash theswiftcast. And you can visit our website, www.swiftcast13.com. And you can even download and listen to episodes from the website. So go check it out. And don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. So next week, Taylor will... I think she's going to send out some more Valentine packages. It's getting close. I've also been wondering if since she's been kind of back and forth to LA and she'll be going back soon for the Grammys, if she's actually going to visit her Grammy museum exhibit. While you're there. Well, that would be nice. Obviously. But I feel like <laughs> I saw her tell someone on Tumblr that she needs to go see it. That would be amazing. Can you imagine going to see that museum and Taylor's there? Well, that's the true Taylor Swift <laughs> experience. I really hope it happens when you're there. I think they're going to start rehearsals this week. Only because I think they're going to use the same performance for style that they will in the on tour. If she performs style, that is. I'm still 100% on that. We need to like have some sort of bet with Nate of something embarrassing he has to do if he's wrong. What? No. <laughs> what is this? No. Stop. No. It's definitely going to be shake it off at the Grammys. We do need to get you to do something embarrassing when you're wrong. You can make us do something if we're wrong. See, it's so much more funny when I'm wrong so that I can do the embarrassing things. I don't know. We could make you do the whole fashion segment for an episode. <laughs> I will take that bet. I will. All right. Mark my words. I'll take that bet. I'll do the entire fashion segment of one episode if I am wrong. In exchange. In exchange. How about if we lose then you get a week off from fashion see no because it has to be has to be something embarrassing that you guys do it's not embarrassing for me not to do fashion that's just that's how about work. you think about it and we'll see if our listeners have any ideas hmm. all right you know what yeah the listeners you know what you guys always have awesome things to say we're leaving this in your hands so i don't know what taylor's doing next week but I'm very interested to see what happens at the Super Bowl on Sunday, because for those of you who don't know, there are rumors going around that Katy Perry might be planning to 
humiliate Taylor somehow with this new song that she has called She's So Creepy. And it apparently makes digs at White Horse or references White Horse in some way. And well, first, I think the song title sounds like something a 12 year old would write. She's so creepy. But I'm just interested to see what happens just because, you know, it's just seems like a weird story to me. And it, but it's been going around. So we will keep you updated. Something about White Horse. Is that because she wrote Dark Horse? Oh, there you go. Hmm. Could be. Dark Horse, by the way, one of my least favorite songs of all time. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Hate that song with a passion. Terrible. Sorry if you guys like it, but it sucks. <laughs> well, what's really interesting is if the document I saw is correct, She's So Creepy was co-written by Max Martin and Johan Schellbach. So they're clearly the winners in this situation, I guess. But we will keep you updated. We will let you know what happens. For now, this has been Steph, Ashley, Haley, and Nate. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.